Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. For by him all things were created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Hebrews 11.3 and Colossians 1.16. Hey, welcome back to The Spiritual Matters. I am Ben Ruel Brown, and this is my beautiful wife. T.C. Brown. Amen. And we're here to uh, really discuss the things that a lot of people aren't talking about, things that are happening behind the scenes, because the Word tells us that what we see is temporal, but what we don't see is eternal. So we're talking about the spiritual matters, because why? The spiritual matters. Okay, so our topic today we're really going to discuss the high places. What is what is, what is the high places? What does that mean? We, we see it in the Word. So my wife and I, we're going to discuss what the high places are. And, and as a believer, you know, what, how does that relate to us? And what has God given to us regarding the high places and given, you know, our, even pertaining to our place while we're here on earth, even as we dwell on earth, we're also seated in high places in Christ. So we're just going to give some understanding on that. So without further ado, we're going to, move, we're going to go into it. Would you like to open us up with prayer? Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for bringing us together today. Uh, we thank you for your word that's coming forth. We thank you for the understanding and the wisdom and uh, just even the instruction that may come forth in Jesus' mighty name. We love you. We honor you. Amen. 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 Some of you who may have watched or listened previous to today, and you're probably wondering, saying, wait a minute, I thought your name was Apostle Ron Brown. It was. And uh, the Lord changed my name some years ago, but I haven't uh, really moved forward with that until now. So uh, just just to give you a brief, some, a brief insight into that, the Lord... About 20 years, I was telling people that was my name because that's what the Lord said my name was. And just finally pulled the trigger on it. And, man, it's just it's just wonderful. And it's a beautiful story. We'll share it some other time. But it's just an awesome, beautiful story. But uh, we're here to talk about, the, hev- the you know, the heavenly places. Well, are the heavenly places? Where is the heavenly places? You know, I mean, there are different places beyond and besides the place or the natural realm in which we live. Jesus even spoke about the dry places. Right. And so when we're looking at the different places, we're talking about different dimensions. So, of course, we we live in this natural dimension. But we have high places that are above, and then we have the lower that are below. Right. And um, you might have or have some understanding that the, uh, the occult witches, warlocks, and, and such, they they move, um, they'll move in those lower dimensions, uh, whether it's astral travel um, and stuff like that. Uh, but sometimes, and they try to perfect their craft to get to the higher heavenly um, 
places. Now, as just being human beings, the Lord has given us dominion to be able to travel throughout these different dimensions. So it's not something uncommon or something that's um, weird. You know, a, a lot of people don't talk about it. So at that point, then it does become weird or uncommon. But really, it's something that the Lord has given us as just human beings to be able to do, to have that dominion to travel through, um, mainly to commune and to have that connection with him. Um, so, and that's why, you know, for so long in the Old Testament, he was telling the people, don't do this, don't do that, because we have the ability to travel in those lower regions, but it's not a good idea to do that. Right, it's, a, it's, it's demonic. And these uh, demonic entities, it's like my wife was saying with witches and warlocks and things like, and, and people like that, they tap into the spiritual realm in these dimensions illegally. They are taken there by demonic forces, evil spirits, fallen angels. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the purpose, the, the end goal, the result is the destruction of that soul and the other people's souls. So uh, when we're talking about high places, we're talking about the Lord taking you there, the Lord causing you to elevate in a space of authority, understanding where you're operating from, not meditating and coming out your body and doing any type of uh, astral projection or transcendent meditation. That's all demonic. Right, because the whole point of doing all of that is actually linking up with a demonic being. Um, And so that's why the Lord says don't do that because whether you realize it or not, you are opening yourself to be joined with a demonic spirit, right. with an evil spirit, because that is the power that that person receives. Right. You have the dominion, you have the authority to open this. However, uh, the power that's gained from it is through that evil spirit. It's not through the Holy Spirit. Right, right. And you can just search YouTube, different platforms, Instagram, even Twitter, people will give, you know, believers in Christ will give uh, testimonies how the angel took them somewhere, how the angel may have taken them to heaven, or the Lord may have manifested people and took them to heaven or took them to hell. You know, so there are places beyond what we see. Mm-hmm. And the disadvantage to the church is we just want to stick to our four walls, not even the world, just inside the four walls, but it's Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So that's beyond these four walls. That's in the natural realm. That's in the world, period. And then it's also, you know, declaring the gospel from the seat that you, that you have in Christ in high and heavenly places. So because that represents your authority, the higher you're able to go in Christ, like the like they could talk about Jacob's ladder, that ladder has prongs. And the higher you go up on the prongs, the more authority you begin to walk in. Because the more you're shedding of the flesh, the more you're understanding and seeing it. And the more the Holy, you're, you're given over to the Holy Spirit. And the more the Holy Spirit can use you. And more he can open your eyes and your ears and give you revelation. And, you know, uh, just like Paul said, that it was, a, it was a, uh spirit that was given to buffet him because of the revelations. You know, so he won't exalt himself beyond measure. So, uh, which reminds me. And I, I believe you had a similar dream. I had a dream some years ago, and uh, I believe it was a night vision because it was so real. And in this dream or night vision I had, I remember being in the basement of a building, and it was just pitch black. I couldn't see anything. I was trying to, like, grope my way through, feel my way through, 
kicking, stumbling over things. And I finally saw a little bit of light. So I went to the door and I went through that door and it was some steps. So I went up the steps and I was on the first floor. And ironically, the first floor was, uh, uh, you know, some, some things in my past, my past, you know, before I gave my life to the Lord. And then I went to the next floor and then it was still a little bit before the Lord, but it was like still in my past. Then I walked to the next floor and then I, and then I had given my life to the Lord and was around those people at that time. Then I went up to the next floor and so on and so forth. So I got to the floor of that current, te- of that current time where, where I worked, where I lived. So in this dream, everything was current. So and I, even at the company that I worked for, everybody was still there in that current day in my dream. So the Lord said to me, I want you to go up to the, to the roof. So I took the steps and went straight up to the roof. So when I got to the roof, it was just a beautiful sky and it was just clear. And the Lord said, now I want you to step up. So I stepped up onto the edge, right? And I'm not telling anybody to do this. This was not something that was real in a real, you know, uh, world. I was, I was in a, either a dream state or I was in a night vision. So don't, don't, don't do this thinking that this is going to happen to you naturally. All right. Just want to make that clear. So the Lord said in this dream or night vision, step out. So I looked down and it was, I was on a skyscraper on the top of a skyscraper. <coughs> and so I lift my head up and the Lord said, look at me and step out. So I, I lift my head up. And then I stepped out, and instead of going down, I began to be propelled forward. And in this dream or night vision, as I was going forward, I was seeing people that were demon-possessed. I was seeing people that were sick. I was seeing people that was tormented by evil spirits. And, and as I was going through and walking through, I was just laying hands on people. People were being healed, and demons were being cast out, and, you know, people were being saved. And, and they were just, but they were just like, now I'm in the clouds doing all this stuff. And so I believe that God was showing me even through that dream that what happens when we sit in our place in heavenly, sit in our seat in heavenly places with Christ, when we're walking with him, when we're walking with in the spirit, you know, the Bible says, you know, walk in the spirit so you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So that's, that's, a, that's, that's really a cognizant effort and choice to say, okay, I'm not going to be this way, but Lord, however you want me to be, whatever you want me to be. Here I am. Let's do this, Lord. Let's do this together. Because he said in Matthew chapter 16 that he was working with them. That's why I tell people, don't try to work for the Lord. That means you try and get paid. Work with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. You know, so did you have a similar dream where you was on a building? No, I wasn't in a building. Um, This was um, probably when I first got saved. I don't even know. I I don't remember exactly how the dream began, but it was similar that I was being thrusted through the sky. And I was going to different cities, different countries, and I could not stop myself. Um, Something, a wind or something was behind me, thrusting me through um, the, the skies. Yeah. And it's 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 pretty incredible, because I know I have I've had some dreams as much many of you um, might have. Uh, I had a dream that I went to hell. 
I went to hell and I was walking and me and a group of people was walking through hell. It was like the Lord was taking us on a tour of hell. And I remember walking through this certain uh, catacomb and there was an arched, a brick arched way. And it had, it had like a, I don't know, like a breastplate, a sword, a helmet above the door. And I'm like, Lord, what is that? And that was one of the believers that the enemy conquered. The only way the enemy can conquer us is for us to go back or to give into his will and way and not stay, you know, like Jesus said, uh, you abide in me. He didn't stay in Christ and let his word abide in us. So that's the only way he can really get us out of who we truly are in Christ and defeat us. That is the enemy. But uh, so we walk in and then all of a sudden these, these evil spirits, demons or whatever, popped out and we were just going through the whole place just battling, battling with swords and we were fighting, fighting. I mean, it got to the point where we found an opening and we started flying through the opening. And I believe in through that and this was even before I really, this was before I got saved. So I didn't know anything about spiritual warfare. I didn't have no thought about hell and demons and angels and all that kind of stuff. But I believe that was a, a, a dream that was a precursor as to what was going to happen because that's what we battle. We battle in the realm of the spirit. And mm -hmm. we train and teach others how to overcome the enemy. You know, so that's why we're doing this spiritual matters because people don't understand. We, we be so caught up in the natural matters. But we have to understand the spiritual matters because it's the spiritual realm that influences the natural realm. You can't change your family, your your neighborhood, your community, your um, you, you know, your city, your state, this country, or whatever country you live in, in the natural. Everything starts in the spiritual realm. For a perfect example, if you if you look at uh, the book of Daniel, you know, I believe it's uh, Daniel chapter ten or eleven where uh, Daniel had this dream, and then he didn't uh, know what the dream meant. So that's when the people do the Daniel fast. You know, he, so he fasted 21 days. And then at the end of the 21 days, the angel came to him. Gabriel came to him and said that um, the moment you set your heart to part to pray, not, the, not at the end of your fast. So people think, listen, People think you get what you need to get because you fast. You get what you need to get because you set your heart. Yeah. So the angel said to him, the moment you set your heart to pray, I was sent, but I was withstood by the prince of Persia. Mm -hmm. So now the praying and the fasting helped in the battle. Right. So that the angel could be released to come through. Right. And we're going to talk about that, something else about that in a moment. How, the, how in the spiritual realm, how it matters because there are the there there are forces in the spiritual realm that is able to hinder you in the natural realm. So as he prayed and gave himself over to prayer and uh, supplication, the angel said, "Your prince Michael was loosed or released, and now I'm I'm come. I am here." So this is a perfect picture of how things are in the realm of the spirit. And a lot of people say, oh, well, that, that, that stuff don't matter. No, the spiritual matters. Yeah. And it's having an understanding of why we're doing what we're doing. Because just like you said with uh, Daniel, um, you know, he got the dream. And the moment he set his heart to pray, the answer was released. Now, how many times that the Lord uh, has us do something or, or we are petitioning 
for something or whatever and we we pray we don't see anything so then we're praying again as if nothing happened right with instead having that understanding because i have the understanding now just after the lord has been revealing all these things about the spiritual uh thing spiritual warfare going on behind the scenes that just because I pray and I close a portal and it closes. Now, for somebody else, they wouldn't be able to see this. I'm able to see this happening. So now I have a little bit more insight or revelation to what is going on. So I pray and I close a portal. Well, the portal reopens. Mm -hmm. It's not because when I prayed, it didn't work. Right. It did work. Right. But guess what? There's somebody else who is praying to open it again. Right. So that's where the battle comes in, the back and forth. You don't have a war with one side that's just firing off to nothing. Right. You have that firing off to something, and there's a, an answer that comes. There's a, there's a firing back. And so it's having that understanding that what I'm doing is working, but now they're countering my move. Right. Sure. So what would be the difference between praying and having the faith that it's already done mm -hmm. versus standing in warfare and kind of like combating whatever it's like you're in warfare against or like whatever may be coming against you? Good question. The question was, what's the difference between praying and believing in, in faith versus the warfare? It's, it's no difference. It's the same thing. Yeah. Because let's look at it this way. And I'm, I'm glad you said what you said because that was a perspective of what people can't see. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. Because let's just say, let's say you have a child and your child's on drugs or something's going on with your child. You don't know what's happening or the devil has taken them over or the devil trying to destroy them. You just know that the way your child is going, that is not God's will, Right. So then you pray, you get a prophecy, for surely I, the Lord, shall even bring your son out. His name is Ray Ray, and God shall say he shall be even as a rays of light and sunshine, and he shall bring forth my glory in the earth for him and all this good stuff. And you praising God, hallelujah, glory, glory, because you know what Ray Ray's been going through, right? Mm -hmm. So you go home to the Lord says, just pray in faith, and it's going to happen. Just pray, just pray, release it, mm -hmm. and it's going to happen. So you go home. Devil loose my son in the name of Jesus, for he shall be saved. He shall be a man of God. He shall walk. You know? So you pray that prayer, you fired up about it for a week. Then something terrible happens. Rary might get arrested or something may happen to him. The tendency of most believers is to say it didn't work. But you prayed in faith. Mm -hmm. And you believed God that it was going to happen, right? So when you set your heart to pray, the answer was released, but it's being withstood in the heavenly realm. Right. So you have to continue to pray. It's like, it doesn't matter where I am, when, in the middle, middle of the night or what. When a person comes to my mind, I pray immediately. If right. somebody say, could you pray for so-and-so or could you pray for me? I don't say, okay, I will pray. I pray immediately. I pray immediately. 
So because like my wife was saying, now the Bible tells us he who wins souls is wise. What does that mean? Well, when you look at that, win denotes a confrontation or a battle mm -hmm. or something that's competitive in nature. Like God said, I'll put enmity between, in Genesis chapter 3, I put enmity, he was telling the serpent, I put enmity between your seed and her seed. So her seed, women don't have a seed, so her seed is talking about Christ. So there's enmity between those who follow God and those who follow Satan. That's why Jesus told the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. So there are people that are children of Satan that's in this world. Who, who, who cast spells, do all type of enchantments, witchcraft, divination, and, you know, muttering and murmuring and all this kind of stuff in order to open doors and portals that my wife was talking about that she closes, you know, open doors and in order for these demonic forces to come through. So while you praying for Ray Ray, there are demons that are being released against Ray Ray. Right. So there is a battle in the realm of the spirit for the soul called Ray Ray. So as you consist in battle, Jesus, and here's the faith. See, faith, there's a faith when you start, but there's a faith to continue, and there's a faith that, that lasts to the end. So you have the faith to start the battle. So now things is, you're beginning to see things getting a little bit worse. That's why, why is that? Let me tell you why. Because the devil knows his time is short in Ray Ray's life. So things start getting more intense. Things seem to be getting worse. It seemed like your prayer hasn't working, but the reason why you can tell your prayer is working, the way you can see that is to you seeing that things are getting worse. In other words, the devil trying to, you know, retaliate. He trying to step up his game. You know, the Bible said the devil's come down with great wrath because he knows his time is short. He knows his time is short in Ray's life. So you don't relent. You become relentless in prayer. Relentless in that faith that Ray Ray is already delivered. Devil, you have no power over him. He's bought by the blood of the lamb in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every evil spirit. I re rebuke every demonic force. I cancel every demonic assignment on his life. He's bought by the blood of the lamb. He is my, he is my child. The Lord said that I, he would save me and my household. So, you, so, so, so that's the continuance of faith. And then as you're doing that, the angel, the Bible says the angels excel in strength, hearkening unto the voice of his word. So as we're decreeing and as we're praying and as we're declaring and as we're rebuking and binding whatsoever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. So these demonic forces, as you continue, are being bound and then the angels are being released. They're excelling in strength. They're fighting for Ray Ray at the behest of your words. You decree in the word of God. You pray in the word of God. You're standing in faith because the Bible says hearkening unto the voice of his word. That word hearkening means discern. So when we speak, the realm of the spirit knows if we're speaking in faith or fear. Mm -hmm. So stand there in faith and know that it's done but know that there's a process, a warfare that may have to happen for it to come and manifest in the natural realm, like with Daniel. Yeah. And, and another uh, key, I would say, is really listening to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, uh, that is how. That's the major key. Yeah. That is how we pray without ceasing. I know that's how I do, because I don't always have a thought to pray. And I'm just not, you know, just praying just to pray because it says I need to pray without ceasing. No, it's not that. Right. It's literally when I'm, you know, doing whatever. I could be making a sandwich. I could be, you know, browsing on YouTube or whatever. When the Holy Spirit unctions me to pray, 
so I will. Right. I may just pray in tongues. And when, when I do that, when I follow the instructions, then how he speaks to me, he begins to show me things. So I'm praying in the spirit for this specific thing, person, uh, business. And now I'm seeing things. He's showing me things that's coming up against what I'm praying for. So now I know, okay, so that's why you had me pray. Because it's, like you were saying, it's a continual thing. It's not just, you know, a one and done thing. Right. Like you have uh, you have something that um, you're praying for, whether it's a person, like I said, or um, a business or a loved one, whatever it might be. The Lord has given you wisdom on what to pray for, or sometimes you don't know exactly what to pray for. So that's why I say you just pray in the spirit because, because your spirit man knows what to pray for. Um, so that, that just praying in the spirit will then stir things up to right. where now you're, you're being uh, opened up to the Holy Spirit to hear him, to be in tune with him. So then he can show you exactly what to pinpoint what exactly is happening. Amen. Because our spirit man is what's tied to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit leads our spirit man to pray. And as we follow with our mind and our heart and our body, mm -hmm. like my wife said, then it opens us up to hear the Holy Spirit. Right. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. So um, we talked about Reverend. What if, what if there's some things that's happening in your life? What if your, what if your life is being, you know, attacked with poverty or lack? Or what if things is happening, you know, in the realm of uh, sickness or disease and different things like that. Jesus said that, you know, whatsoever you pray, you're going to have. But we are usually driven by the natural matters, what we see, what we feel, what we, what we uh, hear, you know, what we can taste, what, what, what touches us. And usually what touches us, that's just deal with this is like what touches us emotionally. Yeah. What touches us you know, to, to drive or um, to take the wheel of our thought life, mm -hmm. to steer our thought life, yep. you know. So we have to understand that the Bible says that he's given us all things pertaining to life and the godliness. He didn't say, I'm going to give you. I have given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. So, but what happens? What happens? And the reason why we don't really experience the fullness of God is because we don't understand the spiritual matters. And we don't understand that the spiritual matters. Because if we, we can't live a life in the flesh and see the will of God being done in, in, in through our lives. Like Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but yet not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. So the old me is gone. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So people will look at Jesus when he walked on earth and they might say, well, he was, if he was God in the flesh, why he died? Well, that was, part, of course, part of the plan. But it was not, like even when Jesus prayed, if it be your will, let this cup be passed for me. Well, he still died. I guess it wasn't God. You know, but the whole thing is that there is a faith that begins our salvation. There's a faith that, you know, carries through our salvation. 
and there's a faith that takes us to the end of our salvation in terms of our life into the, into heaven. And that's why Paul said, I ran my race. I kept the faith. So the enemy wants to attack our faith. And it's our faith that causes things to move in the realm that we can't see. In the, in the realm that we can't see. Like in, um, so we're talking about the heavenly places. The, we, the first point we're going to talk about is spiritual blessings in heavenly places. According to Ephesians 1, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So if he has blessed us, blessed E.D., past tense, is done with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places through Christ Jesus, then what does that mean? So if he blessed us with all spiritual blessings, every blessed, Bible said, every good things come from above, from the Father of lights. Now, think about it. Have you ever had a time when you when you when you pray for God and pray God to give you something to happen right away? Immediately? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But have you had times when you prayed for God for something and it took a while to happen? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, it's always whenever I pray for somebody else, it happens right away. <laughs> a lot of things that I pray for for myself, it doesn't happen right away. Right. That is true. That is true. So when we pray for other people, we're interceding for other people, and we're helping people to get that breakthrough because you don't know how long they were going to, going through that. But for us, you know, it's not like he make us wait or suffer for a while. But sometimes, because we're blessed in heavenly places, all things, we're blessed with all things, you know, in heavenly places, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings. It's faith that takes the spiritual blessings from the heavenly places into the natural realm. I'll say, you know what, though? I, I'll take that back because there's some times where I have prayed and it happened, like, pretty quickly. Right. So, yeah. so But it's not all the time. Right. Yeah, I'm sure it's just, I'm sure it's, you know, one way or the other. But, you know, just to give understanding to do not stop praying, do not stop believing you know, if you, you can see the somebody's asked this before. He said, "Well, if I keep praying about the same thing, does that mean I don't have faith?" No, Jesus said the the the, wood, the woman came to the king and was was every day avenge me of my errors. He avenged me of my errors. He said, "Well, let me go ahead and do this before she weary me," and then he did. So he said, "You know, so that's that's faith. Not no, it's because you know the character of God." Okay, Lord. You said this. I believe it. I receive it. Okay, Lord, you know, call it to come. Lord, break. Lord, call it to break through. You're not saying, Lord, why you're not doing this? Why it's not happening? That's not faith. But just to really be like, okay, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit that's trying to bind my blessing. Why? Where is the blessing? You know what a blessing is? In heavenly places. So as it comes down, it has to go through the, the demonogram that's in the heavenly places, the principality, the powers, the rulers, thrones, and dominions, it has to go through there to get to you. So our prayer of faith releases the angels to bind the evil spirits and the fallen angels of everything that has, you know, captivated our blessing, 
our, our health, you know, our whatever it is that we would believe in God for, deliverance for our children, it is being sent, our healing, no matter just keep praying and keep releasing, keep rebuking, because it could be, let's say, a month. The first week, you know, you pray God sent it. And then now, uh, uh, Prince of Power, like, oh, what is this? This is so-and-so's healing? Oh, no, well, let's grab that. You know, and the angel is bringing forth that healing, and then it's surrounded by demonic forces. But it's, it's now, now he's preoccupied with fighting, trying to get through. Lord, how come it ain't happen? No, no, just in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for breakthrough. The breakthrough don't mean it's always going to break through here and now. It's got to break through that realm of the spirit into another realm of the spirit in order to be released. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when we look at the breakthrough, we pray in God for breakthrough. It's like, okay, what we, what we don't understand is happening in the realm of the spirit. Is that when we're praying, Lord, I, I thank you for this breakthrough. I thank you in Jesus' name. Let, let whatever is hindering, let it break through. So we don't understand that, that we just release forces that help this angel to break, break through from this heavenly place into another heavenly place. And now he's confronted by more evil spirits. So then, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I loose your blessing. I loose the angels. I, we don't understand what's happening when we say that. Uh-huh. I don't mean to burn off, but I'm trying to do better about making conversations more natural. Okay. Um, for how can someone be more discerning of how to shift the tone of their prayers or, like, the sincerity of their prayers right. to be less, like, why is it taking so long? In battle, like you're saying, like I rebuke and you know I, re- I I pray over the breakthrough. I feel like that's an emotional response that if anyone would have to be prepared for to not be like felt abandoned or oh, and, like, and give up and give up, and, but still pray through that. Yeah. Okay, so the so the question was, I don't know if people have did hear it or did not hear. Um, the question is, how do a person discern, you know, when even in prayer, as it pertains to things happening and not giving up or understanding what's happening in the spiritual realm, the 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 thing is, it's it's three ways. Number one, the Holy Spirit, He helps us in all things. Number two, you know that's their faith, to believe what God said is going to happen. And number three, this is why we're doing this to teach people about the spiritual matters because most people don't know because they're not taught. Yeah. You know, the Bible says, how can one repent if there's not a preacher? So how can people understand? How would you be able to really, how could most people understand algebra if they're not taught? Yeah. And I want to add to that, that um, our faith, you know, we can, we can literally choose to say, I'm not, going to be I'm not going to get in my emotions anymore I'm not going to do this I'm not going to do that and the Lord will literally empower us to do that but I also want everybody to understand that there is a process that we all go through Amen. Um, look at it naturally because it mimics the spiritual things you have a baby you know that baby grows into a toddler and then a child and so on and so forth um, you know our, our our grandson he he's pretty smart and so we will have some pretty 
intellectual conversations with him to the point where <clears throat> I forget he's seven until he just starts running. And I'm like, what the heck? Well, you're seven. <laughs> so, you know, you may be uh, further academically than most seven-year-olds, but you're still seven. So, you know, just us having that grace on ourselves to say, okay, maybe you're in this phase of your walk with Jesus where you're still a babe, or maybe you're still in that teenage phase of, you know, your walk with Jesus, and that's okay. We can excel in uh, operating in the gifts that he's given us through our faith, but understand as well that you don't just become saved and all of a sudden you're in, you're mature in the spirit right. and the spiritual things right. and you can control your no you can you could just automatically now control your emotions and all of that no because if that was the case we wouldn't need Jesus we wouldn't need the lord right so but he's he's long suffering because we are walking through that process and it's so funny i was actually talking to the lord about that on the way here just kind of laughing because okay, yes, I'm, you know, an ordained apostle now and, you know, are more mature in things. But yet I was talking to him about the fact that I was like, Lord, this is a lot. Like, you've given me a lot to do right now. I don't know. I don't know. This might be too much. And we're just staring at each other because he's not saying anything. And at the moment, I'm just like, I don't want to... I don't want to say I don't want to do it, Lord, but this is a lot. And in that moment, I'm still seeing that immaturity, even though I've grown a lot since, right. you know, being a babe in Christ. But even so, he long suffers with us in that because he understands at the end of the day, we're still his children. Right. <laughs> so. Right. And and one, one thing to uh, also grasp is that God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, just like God gave children parents, mm -hmm. older siblings, aunts and uncles, cousins, older cousins. Why? All of us have responsibility in the growth of the person mm -hmm. and other people. And, and I know for me, growing up in Christ, I gave my life to the Lord. I went to a church where the pastor he was hands-on. He dealt with discipleship. And then um, he had older disciples helping to disciple the younger disciples. It was about discipleship. And, and that really helped me, my growth exponentially, as opposed to being a churchgoer, I was a disciple. And the unfortunate thing about that thing, about discipleship is most pastors aren't doing it. They're just preaching they're getting money. They're going home. They're going to get something to eat first, and they're going home, and they're doing their thing, but they're not really spending quality time tending the sheep. They, they come out once a week, maybe twice a week, maybe three times a week, and, th and, and throw food out to them and then go back. But there's no real quality time. There's no fellowship. There's, that's why Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. The shepherd is the leader of the sheep. So the shepherd knows the sheep, and the sheep knows the shepherd. I want to ask a lot of people out there, how well do you know your pastor? How well do you know your leader? Are you able to sit down and ask questions? And, and that's why people 
back to your question, that's why people don't understand the spiritual matters, because people are not taught. It's not just it's not not it's not just discerned, but God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's our job to teach. It's like it's the parents' job to teach the children. The Bible says, "Train up a child in the way just it, they should go." And it, it said, "Train up a child." So it's up to us to train up the children of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That can answer your question. Yes, I do. All right. And I have, I have even more now, but I have to be patient. Okay. okay. No, no problem. And I, I want to add to that that um, that formula or pattern that the Lord set because we're talking about uh, disciples of Jesus Christ not disciples of ourselves or disciples of, I don't know what, I, I, don't, I don't know, what is it, the, is it the Mormons that do disciples? Uh, I'm not I, sure. I, don't, I don't remember. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about actual disciples of Jesus Christ. Right. And so the, the, the formula, the pattern that he set up is good because, yeah, I mean, you could be one that just goes and seeks the Lord for yourself and through trials and tribulations, you know, maybe you get some answers. Maybe they're, they're still a little fuzzy, but you're really seeking and doing all that. But how much more easier would it be to have someone tell you, well, this is exactly what it is, as opposed to trying to hours and hours of research and and try seeking the lord and and all of that that i mean you can but he devised it so that you don't have to do that the, the, especially the times that we're living in now like <laughs> we need to really equip people as quickly as possible send them out to, for the work of the lord like right. you know right. having these off off to yourself trying to just really get it sink i mean that's a lot that's a lot we don't have time for that <laughs> right right and and a lot of things is the bible says god is way behind searching out it's revealed mm-hmm. and and what god reveals to me he doesn't reveal it to me just for me to monopolize it and keep it to myself mm-hmm. whatever jesus was the greatest revelation of the father mm-hmm. which was given for the whole world so Jesus didn't hold what he knew about God, what he knew about heaven, what he knew about the world, even demon forces. But to himself, he taught. He showed, a disciple means one that learns and continues to learn. I'm still a disciple of Christ. Mm-hmm. I don't care what my rank will ever yeah, be. I'm still a disciple of Jesus. I'm still a follower of Jesus. Yeah. So the, 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 the issue is that the body of Christ must come back into the form of the gospel. Jesus sat among the disciples and taught them. He sent them out on exercises to to experience and bring to to manifestation through them by the Holy Spirit what he's given them to do. So now everything that we do is preparation for something else. Sometimes we just wonder, why am I going through this? You're being prepared for something that you're not ready for yet. Mm-hmm. But so when you get there, you won't be trained for it. You're already being trained for it. And you don't even understand why until you get there. Then you can see in hindsight, oh, that's why I was going through this or that. Yeah. So when we're dealing with the discernment of shifting and how to shift and knowing, the whole thing is 
like we were saying, and my wife has wonderfully said, the Holy Spirit, Jesus sent him to help us. He's our helper. Help me, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Give me wisdom. How should I pray? The Bible said we don't know how to pray as we ought. Holy Spirit, lead me in prayer. How to pray. What to pray. You know, in that faith. Let your faith be unmovable, always abounding in him. Because this is the key to that scripture I just quoted or just read to you. That it's it's all in Jesus. Everything has already been done. Jesus said it is finished. He died, went to hell, took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, rose up again, and sat at the right hand of the Father, living ever to make intercession for us. So everything is done and complete in him. So the only way to experience all the things that he's blessed us with within heavenly places is through him. Mm -hmm. He's the door. He's the opening. But the Bible says that uh, we can only come through the door by faith. Those who come to him must first believe that he is and that he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. Then he says that that without faith, no man can please God. So no, God is not going to let any man through that door without faith. The faith is the key to open the door. So we have these heavenly, these, these blessings in heavenly places. So now we know we can access it through Christ. And as we decree it and we call for it and we believe for it and we pray and ask and supplicate for it, it is released. Then it goes through all these different realms to get to us. Yeah. And we see that again in the same story of Daniel. So as it comes through these different realms, the discernment of, okay, I believe God, but why doesn't it happen? We're giving you understanding to know that it's on the way, but you got to continue to fight and pray for it. Whatsoever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth should be loose in heaven. I loose the angels right now in Jesus' name. God, release more angels. Mm -hmm. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for bringing forth this, this, this provision for this vision, this provision for all that we need in Jesus' mighty name, and just don't relent. Don't relent. And, and that's why the Lord put it on, on our hearts to, to have this God cast, to let people understand and see. These are, these are taboo things that people, the pastors, apostles, a lot of prophets, they don't want to talk about it because it's, it's not popular. It's not going to garnish the big, the big checks. But the only big check we're interested in is do you have Jesus? Check. Jesus is the big check. He's the goal. So I'm not coming against anyone else. I'm just saying, if that's your experience and that's what you're going through, that's why this show is here, so that everyone around the world could be informed to certain things. And then we're not the only ones. There's people like us all over the world, but God sets us where we are to reach who he's given us to reach. And we may not meet you or see you till we get to heaven, but we just want to we want to really educate and empower the people of God with things that we've experienced. You know, uh, uh, one show, we're going we're going to, uh, one guy cast, we're going to get into even angelic experiences and things like that we had because people need to understand that the invisible realm is real. Amen. Did you have another question? Any other question at all? And by and one, one second. And by the way, those who are, uh, you know, watching the Godcast, you may be listening to it on one of our platforms. 
you know, feel free to go into the chat and put a question or comment there. And if you have any questions, that, that we'll, we'll, we'll receive it and we'll answer your questions on the next Skycast of the Spiritual Matters. Go ahead. I'm sorry, ask, ask your question. Good question. The question is, what could we tell people that uh, may not have certain tools and things, or even people in their lives that can help them with these things to understand these things and grow in these things? That's sort of in a nutshell? Mm -hmm. Okay. As said before, the most important thing is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, "Um, I'm going away but I was in the comforter to you. And if you read that scripture, the Holy Spirit spoke in the first person through Jesus and said, I won't lead you comfortless. I will come to you. So Jesus also said that he is our helper and that he will lead us and guide us into all truth. So God may have you in a situation. You may find yourself in a situation where there is no one there to help you. Two tools you have the Holy Spirit and his word, the Lord's, the spirit of the Lord and the word of the Lord, your Bible, the Holy Spirit revealed to you. And the reason why I can tell you that confidently is because for years I had nobody to help me. I had nobody to help me. And uh, I, not that I'm trying to be a loner, a lone ranger. I reached out to folk. I even still reach out to folk to the day. No help. My wife, she's shaking her head because she knows. No help. So I don't put my confidence in man, but I do. I would appreciate a hand, some help. I'm talking about from like peer level, even the folk that's above me, you know. But I understand God may have you in a position where he may not let people do that. So your trust has to always, whether he, whether you have leadership or whether you long for leadership and don't have it, our hope must be in Christ and not man. Either way. Yeah. So... How how do you deal with that? How how do you how do you do that? Let me tell you something. And when with my walk in Christ, when I first gave my life to the Lord and years after that, I just really felt like everybody was being exalted beyond me. I mean, it would be times where people would invite me back then we were we were real big in community and family. So we did fellowships over people's houses and all that stuff. And um there was there were several times that people invited me over you know, um, pretty much the same people invited me over to their house. Not very many, different people, but the same people invited me over to their house. But the other people, they were right, my friends over I grew up with, hey, you got a powerful testimony coming, and then, and then they won't say anything to me, or they might say, oh, Ryan, you can come too. So that crushed me, because I didn't want to feel like, I already felt like God loved everybody more than me, 
And now everybody loves everybody else more than me. So I so at that point, what I what did I do? I just went home. And I got on my face on the floor and cried. Cried and cried and cried. Lord, I don't know why you don't love me. I don't know why everybody else don't love me. What's wrong with me? And I just stayed, I'm telling you, I just stayed praying before the Lord, crying, crying out before the Lord. But I didn't know the Lord was doing something different in me. It wasn't people, it was God. Sometimes God will sanctify you and set you apart from other people to not that you better, but just for who you are and what he wants you to do. Not that you better or worse. It's just that that's his path for you. And I, and I, it took me years and years and years to understand that. It took me a long time to really understand that. So what it came down to was the Lord was teaching me how to walk with him in relationship. And with intimacy. Mm-hmm. And in that, even in that lonely time, in that lonely space, because he, he raised me up as a prophet. So my being a prophet wasn't based on people accepting me, based on people valuing me, based on me being this great person in the life of other people. That prophet that God raised me up to be was groomed in a cocoon, in isolation, in darkness. And not in darkness as in evil, but just not having a lot of understanding. Obscurity. Obscurity, thank you. Mm-hmm. And that obscurity. So that may be you. You may wonder why, you know, people like you and people talk to you, but you don't have a lot of friends or, you know, it's like, what's wrong with me? I don't, I don't, I'm not rude or mean to people. I'm not, I'm not a bad person. I don't steal or lie. It, God may be sanctifying you and, um, uh, obscuring you to build you himself in that place because other people look for a lot of other people to build them and that's and that's and we as apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers are here to build build you mm-hmm. you know but there is a building that comes only from God the Bible said there's a house whose builder and maker is God so now that doesn't mean the next people around you, the next leadership or whatever, because we're a body and we're a team. So one of you understand to where you may be or where you may have been, that God sometimes will isolate you, not you isolating yourself. God will sometimes move people away from you and not people allow people to see you and who you are in order to develop something in you that is uh, deeper than you understand. That was me. So now I understand that God is my father and that his Holy Spirit is leading God in me. And things that God gave me to do and told me to do, I've had other apostles and people criticize me for it. They had to call me and apologize because apostles are forerunners. We do things that that is uh, quite different and unique based on leading of the Holy Spirit. And people may not understand that, but then they see their fruit from it. And then just for instance, my, my pastor, when I first got saved, Pastor Reed Prettyman, he was an apostle. He knew he was an apostle, but we all called him pastor. And uh, he was one of the ones, and the only one I knew back then in the 80s, that had people dancing on stage with flags with clothes, you know, like the dance clothes, flags, and doing worship dancing. People would say he was a cult. 
We were a cult. But pastor would sneak in on the back and sit on the back row. Then all of a sudden, it was like, maybe a year later, it started spreading. Everybody started doing You see it everywhere now. That's what apostles do. And apostles are called cult leaders. You know, because we're doing something different. And, and, and so... They told they said Jesus cast out devils by the prince of devils. Why? Because he came with a doctrine. He came with a power and authority that they've never seen before. Because he was an apostle. And the apostle, what they do is they pave the way for others to follow. See, apostles' job is tough because we a lot of times we don't have that path, but the Lord said, okay, here's the path. And you, all you see is brush. Where's the path at? It's right in front of you. I don't see a path. Right go through and cut everything down and make a path for people so it won't be hard for them as it was for you. That's that's the job of an apostle, set things in order, you know, to bring about the, and bring to fruition the plan of God in his earth and to break things in the heavenly realms and the demonic realms in order for, and prophets too, to make way of the Lord, to make the way of the Lord. So it's, you have to understand that you are valuable. You have You have value to you. And even though we may suffer lack, none of us have lack. It just hadn't, we just hadn't received what we asked for yet. He's provided all things for us. In the Bible, and we just read that he's blessed us with all things, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We have everything we need. We just have to contend. We have to, some things we have to fight for. Some things will come immediately through. But some things you have to contend for. Don't give up the faith. Don't give up hope for your children. Don't give up hope for your community. Don't give up hope for your business. You have to fight. Because the enemy will move against your business, especially if he sees that you are bringing light into a dark realm. He will fight that. He will fight to shut you down, shut you up, close you down, and all that kind of stuff. Keep contending for the faith. Keep contending knowing that your business is not about just you making money, but it's about you being the light for the Lord in the land of the living. So, um, and also, um, you know, it's, it's according to his will. So even your testimony, that was according to his will. So that's why, you know, you didn't have that help that you crave for. Mm. I mean, it wasn't like you weren't trying, but literally the Lord kept, people at a distance from you who could be that spiritual father to you um, in that way. However, you might have somebody else like me, for instance, where, uh, you know, per his will, he had us cross paths, you know, and so now I have somebody to help me to grow and, and, and learn these things. Whereas you have, might have somebody else where, which I've seen where literally it's just them and God, them and their Bible, and they'll go through deliverance. They'll, you know, get healed and all of that. And he'll do that with just the two of them. It's, it, it really just depends on his will, right. what he wants to do. And, um, you know, just right. And you know, what makes it so hard? What makes our process so hard? We fight God. Mm-hmm. Cause it doesn't feel good. His path for us would never feel good to us because it's our flesh. 
But as we begin to yield to him and we see things unfold, so I'm, I'm so very grateful of who he made me into being, even though it was so difficult and so tough. Right, because we can always go against it and fight it. Because right. you did for a little bit. And it was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> right. You know, whereas you were like, well, I'm just going to I'm just going to submit to this man as my spiritual father. He was like, OK, go ahead and do it and see what happens. Yeah. And you saw what happened. Saw what happened. And after that, <laughs> you know, after that, the Lord said to me, um, is that the kind of father you want? I said, no, Lord. And he said, let me be your father. Yeah. Because he is my father. I just wasn't letting him be. So don't let anybody ever take the place of Christ in your life. Because he loves you. Yeah. And his plan is greater than any. See, I had men use me because of my gifts. I can prophesy to you. And and I was I was an accurate prophet. I could prophesy to you. You know, I, and I got spiritual gifts, cast out devils, and God has given me the gift to work with miracles, lay hands, and, and folk be healed and all that kind of stuff. And so just understanding that don't let people use you. Amen. Don't let people use you. I want to say to everybody, because I've been through that, I was ministering to somebody in Walmart because Bishop walked up to me and said, you come to my church and you'll be second, my second, you'll be my right hand, you'll be second to me. I can really use you. And I said to him, I said, if that was, this was 10 years ago, you might have had me. But I said, but nobody can use me but Jesus. So just allow, open yourself up to the Holy Spirit and, and, and let your gifts be available to the body to help. If you're under leadership, allow your gifts to help. That's not being used by people. But, you know, if a person's trying to use you, you know when they're trying to use you. But just, you know, we're part of the body. The Bible said let every joint supply. What did God give you to supply to the body? What did God give you to enhance the body? What did God give you? Or, or he may have given you something, but there may not be time yet. Why are they not using me? Why do why you want people to use you? Why is God not using you? Because it's not time yet. So just be patient. Walk with the Lord yearn learn of him and because if you step out of place before time that's why the bible says don't elevate a novice because they're vulnerable to the devil so just allow, allow the holy spirit to have his work in you the bible says let patience have its perfect work in you be patient with the lord and walk through these things and as you're walking and you're learning you tune it in and you're learning about the spiritual matters and all that kind of stuff all these things is helping and equipping you for who god called you to be to operating what god called you to operate in and to understand things that many people don't understand so just just be encouraged and be of good cheer because the lord is with you amen 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 thank you for listening to the spiritual matters Tune into new episodes every other Friday. Have any questions? Comment below or email us at info at globalcore.org. That's info at globalcor.org.